Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special, high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be for our future. Let's Dare to Move. Dare to Move podcast. I'm excited to be here today. We're going to dive into a little pregnancy update because aside from what Jeff and I shared about conception and our mini fertility journey, um, I haven't shared a lot about what's up for me there. I've just been so in the zone with coaching and I hope you guys have been loving the coaching style episodes. So today we are going to talk about my body and I'm not going to say the thing that, oh my gosh, so many women say, I know like you probably don't care or whatever, because I know that somebody out there cares because I know that I am following some birth story hashtags and pregnancy hashtags. And some of the things that women share are just so helpful for me and they're just strangers that have no clue that they popped up on my feed, some girl in Bow, New Hampshire. So instead of saying, I know a lot of you wouldn't care or this probably doesn't pertain, it's like, no, I know that at some point this will be helpful for somebody and at the very least, it will be a great keepsake for me. (laughs) And so I will say, I'm not sure who this is going to help, but I hope that it's helpful in some way. My second disclaimer is that I am not an expert in pregnancy or pregnancy nutrition or uh, prenatal and postpartum exercise. I know a little bit because I'm certified in many, I have many fitness certifications and they talk briefly, I feel like, in so many about pregnancy. However, I don't have a formal certification in that. So I'm not here to tell you um, that. I'm not here to teach you any specific things about pregnancy. I'm just here to share my story and my experience. So I guess I'll start from the beginning because that's just easier. And side note, um, and I'm going to share the resources that I'm into so far because if, you know, I, I think so much of pregnancy and resources is just like word of mouth. So Anyway, I will share those and then I'll put some links in the show notes. So I think that I got pregnant, uh, like a chemical pregnancy on April 18th. I remember the date clearly because it was the middle of my cycle and I did this really beautiful virtual spiritual immunity uh, workshop with Alexandra Joy Smith, my current teacher. And she was not my teacher at the time, but I just had just an incredible day that day and I knew it was the middle of my cycle and a great night that night. And then um, I expected to get my period around Cinco de Mayo. Um, I had been having like longer cycles, but I had been off of birth control. I got an IUD out in October of 2019. And so November, December, January, February, and March, I had had five really healthy, normal, well-timed periods. The cycles had just been a little bit longer. So I was predicting somewhere in the beginning of May, I would get a period. Well, and and the reason that was important was because Jeff and I wanted to try once we were 
pretty much positive our wedding was called off, which we called off between May 1st and Cinco de Mayo. I know we said Cinco de Mayo on that episode the other night, but I'm pretty sure we actually did it before that. Anyway, we're like, okay, May is here. Our wedding's off this year. Let's just try. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'll get my period, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like we were literally looking at our calendar. Like I think the window to get pregnant is this time. And a couple of my friends who have had babies or are also trying had said like, oh, you should try ovulation strips. And like, I don't want to be that specific or maybe I will. But for now, like we just want to, you know, I know my cycle, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, May goes on and on and on and I don't get a period. So May 20th, I call my doctor and I'm like, I am worried. Like, what is going on? I'm testing negative for, I haven't had a, I'm like, you know, 15 days past my proposed like period date. Um, I'm not testing positive, but I was nauseous. I felt like my boobs, like, like electricity flowed through them one day, like as if they just came online. I had like these cystic pimples, unlike anything I had had before. I was super nauseous. Um, like, in the morning when like, like food would, it was just, I was like, I know I'm pregnant, but Jeff was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Jeff, first of all, no offense to Jeff, but he has no clue about any of this. Cause he's not a woman with a period and he's never been through this, but it was very frustrating at the time because he was just like, it's black and white. You're either pregnant or you're not. I'm like, look, like this could be a chemical pregnancy that is not vi- viable, but I'm not um, testing positive because there's not enough HCG, whatever. Um, so I ended up meeting with a doctor on May 26th and, um, she was like, look, wait one more week because things can get weird. You've been running a lot. Give me a call in one week. And you know, if you don't get it, cause I was on like day 40 or something, maybe longer. And then, of course, as Murphy's Law would have it, hung up the phone with her and got my period. So I was like, well, darn, like we missed the month of May. Okay, we'll go into June. And I know I said some of this on the podcast Sunday, but in case you haven't listened to it, I'll just kind of briefly continue the update. So then we used ovulation strips because we literally had one month to try because we figured if we have the baby in July, um, depending on if we when we get pregnant in July, that could put us in beginning of April or mid-April, which means our baby would only be like two and a half months for our wedding. And that just seems like a lot for a baby to travel and all this stuff. So we were like, let's not try in July, just May and June. Well, June comes, I get the ovulation strips. We time it perfectly. Everything's great. I'm so lucky that I even ovulated. Um, and then that month is a month that my teeth got knocked out. And um, I was only like two and a half weeks into my cycle when my teeth got knocked out and I started bleeding. I don't know if that was a miscarriage. I don't know what it was, but um, call it divinely timed because getting that period at such a weird time, it uh, basically set me up to be able to ovulate on what would have been our wedding night, which was July 4th. Um, we, well, we technically conceived on the 5th, but midnight of our wedding night. Um, and it worked. And so... That week, I didn't suspect I was pregnant at all. Jeff was like, don't get your hopes up because, um, you know, we didn't have ovulation strips. Your cycle's been so weird. But that Friday, I was looking in the mirror. I'm like, oh my gosh, my boobs are huge. This is crazy. So we were eating a lot that week um, just because the food is amazing at the ranch where we were vacationing. And then we came home and well, Jeff went back to New Hampshire. I went to Indiana for more teeth stuff. 
and I, my, I was nauseous when I was home, but I just, I it would come around mealtimes, like morning, noon, and night. And I kept saying, maybe it's just because I'm really hungry. And my mom's like, that's weird. You've never been like that. So I go about my weekend. I told a couple friends in Indy, I was like, I might be pregnant, but I'm not going to like, like I had a Thursday night where my friend Brittany and I drank like a bottle and a half of wine. Um, I had a glass of champagne with my friend Lily. I drank some wine with my mom. Um, I just wasn't, I was like really not that convinced. So I get back back to New Hampshire on a Sunday and then Monday, Jeff and I had to go to the bank and I almost had to pull over the car to throw up. So I'm like, okay, this is getting weird. And that's when I think I knew, but I was a little bit in denial. I wanted crackers and bread, but because I was still in a little denial, I was still trying to eat regularly and work out through like, again, complete exhaustion, back pain. Um, Again, boobs felt like they were swollen. Tuesday night, I tried to have a glass of wine. I don't, I didn't really, I haven't really talked about this a lot, but in quarantine, I developed like somewhat of a habit of drinking wine one to two nights during the work week, which is a little different for me because Jeff and I never drank unless we were like going out with friends on like a Thursday in the city during the work week because we would get up so early. And I was like, well, don't have to get up early. This is, the cabin was always kind of our like vacation weekend house. So it's kind of weird not to drink there. So anyway, Tuesday night, I grab one glass of wine. I'm also can be very good at like literally having one glass. And I tasted it and I was like, oh, this is rancid. But I had just opened it like that. Like I opened it to drink it and I couldn't. I was like, that is so gross. Like, I can't believe I've ever liked this wine. This is weird. Don't think much about it. Next day, I was like, you know what? Just in case I want to drink more these symptoms are too weird. I'm just going to take a test. And Jeff was like, don't waste another test. Cause it was still five days before my supposed miss period. But I was like, screw it. I'm just doing it. I don't want to have to think about it. And then, but I also didn't want to get a ton of negatives again and be in my head about it. But anyway, long story short, I did it. And right as I was peeing or, or I used my little, if you listen to the Sunday episode, a couple Sundays ago with, um, Jeff and I, we talked about how he made me this special pee cup. <laughs> It was so funny. So I used my pee cup and then I dipped the thing in the pee and Jeff's like, hurry, hurry, I have to go because we share a bathroom. We're a couple, obviously. And so I just set it on the counter and left and it was one of those digital ones. So I walked, I'm starting to walk downstairs and he's like, uh, babe, you might want to see this. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, we're pregnant. So um, immediately after that, it's like my body was like, oh, she finally gets it. Like I, it was like a deep exhale and I don't think I worked out for like four days. I laid down multiple times during the day just to like kind of catch my breath between work calls. I was pretty much nauseous all day. And I think there was so much going on because Jeff and I were working on the financial side of the house and getting me put on the like mortgage, um, stuff and, starting to get like pack things. And I was going to and from India, I had two more trips ahead of me. And so um, what I remember my first trimester was being in Indiana because I spent the second full week I was pregnant with my mom in Indy. And then I spent the fourth or fifth full week, I think it was the fifth, going into the sixth with my mom. And then I spent week eight going into nine. <laughs> in Indy. So a lot of time in Indiana. So when I think of my first trimester, I think of like, and then when I would be home, we'd be like, we did a walkthrough of this house. We did like 
moving stuff one weekend um, and then we were living here. But when I was home, it would be like, wake up feeling so tired, like I need 10 coffees, but I could only have one and it had to be half decaf. Um, and work, one week I was there, I think maybe the week five going into six, I don't think I worked out at all. I think I did a couple, two walks with my mom and that was it. So anyone listening that is in their first trimester or thinking about getting pregnant, I will tell you as a fitness instructor, certified trainer, all of that, I would have told you pre-pregnancy, like, I'll work out throughout my pregnancy. I got this. Like, it's mental. Heck no, it's not. I, you just don't, like, you just can't. I mean, not everyone's different. In my experience, I was just like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, Things get locked up. Um, I would do some stretching, and I tried a Pilates class one day with my mom for 30 minutes. But yeah, it just... It didn't feel good. So one week I didn't work out at all. I was averaging probably two workouts a week and like a couple, like lots of walking. I never stopped walking, which was great. A um, couple days in India, I laid in bed instead of walking, but I, I would say the week still had four active like hours um, in it. And so um, it was probably the week five and six when. Um, okay. So let's talk about food. We've talked a little bit about movement through the first trimester. Um, and like how I found out in like initial reactions and instincts, I will say Jeff and I both teared up. He'll like deny it now, but like when we found out, which was cool. Um, oh, this was another really cool thing I didn't share about the general finding out that Monday I went to bed and I started picturing babies. I'm like, that's weird. And then Tuesday, the night that I tried the wine and I was like, why is it so gross? I was laying in bed and I don't know if anyone out there has cousins or little siblings or nieces and nephews and you've held a newborn before, but newborns have like a distinct smell, just like puppies have that puppy smell. And I got a whiff of newborn smell Tuesday night before the Wednesday morning I found out I was pregnant. And that, I'm totally space it. That was why I decided to take the test because I was like, this is getting too weird. (laughs) And then the other spiritual side of this before I move into food is that um, I have a friend who's been trying to get pregnant and she's on the fertility journey and I was getting her a birthday card and I was like at a CVS and I'm like, ugh, these cards are awful. And I just kind of looked behind me and this cute little owl, like these pink card with owls on it popped out to me. And I'm like, oh, that's such a cute baby announcement card. But I like reached for it anyway. Turns out it was actually a birthday card and the owls come off like magnets. And so I just was like, well, I don't know why, but I just grabbed it. And I was like um, driving to go meet her. And then when I got to the parking lot, I started filling the card out and I got this download to, to um, Google like spiritual meaning of owl. And apparently, I mean, there's a million websites that say a bunch of different things, but the top one that popped up for me at the time was um, abundant fertility um, and closely linked to like the divine feminine and like your moon cycle because owls are out at night. And so to me, I was like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful omen for her, like to give her an owl card when she's trying to get pregnant this is so lovely. And I told her the story and she was like tearing up. She's like, that's so meaningful. So I told her that on Saturday, I flew back to New Hampshire on Sunday and Sunday night or Monday night, I think it might've been Monday. Jeff and I went on a long walk around our little bow, New Hampshire. And we saw two owls like in broad 
evening light. Like it was still light out, you know, it's like summer, it's like August. So probably like seven o'clock, not one, but two owls. I have the video to prove it. If you follow me on Instagram, you might remember seeing that. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe like we're both pregnant. Like that's when I thought, cause I had been nauseous that day. I was like, maybe we're both pregnant. That would be so cool. Um, and then when I did find out I was pregnant, all of a sudden I thought I was having twins because it was, it was like abundant pregnancy. There's like a very hot, this is a weird, small, random fact, bunch of twins in bow. Like the art, we have neighbors on each side of us now in our new house that both have twins. And they, um, one of them is a younger set and they have nine other sets of twins in their grade. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally having twins. And I was freaking out about it. Um, and I found out on July 22nd of 2020, so a lot of number twos. And um, I also tested positive early, which means I had high HCG, and my HCG was higher in my first blood work test. But anyway, just one baby, which is great. Um, I guess both would have been great. But anyway, so that was sort of my spiritual side of pregnancy is having the newborn smell and then the seeing the owls was was major for me. So I am totally into the slight nudges from the universe, and I hope you are too because they're so powerful. So moving on, um, the first week, so the week that I found out I was pregnant, I don't remember. So I'll back up. The week we conceived, like it's so nice to know when all this went down, so I can really just remember it. Um, and we'll just call this first trimester wrap up because I'm not going to remember this probably after I brain dump it, and then I'll do a second trimester wrap up. So. Um, the first week we were at a ranch where they're having dessert after lunch, dessert after dinner, abundant meals. So I ate a lot and I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just like, oh gosh, I'm probably going to have to like <laughs> lose some weight after this trip. Then I got back to Indiana and I was like, just not hungry for anything because, um, I was like coming off of a week of eating. So, um, I noticed like I still had a pretty increased appetite, but I wasn't, um, craving anything. I just was like, man, I thought I was going to eat lighter this week, but I guess not. And, um, I was also very lethargic and I thought, well, I guess we were like, go, go, go at the ranch. Like, and there's a time change. So maybe that's it. Um, by the week that I actually found out I was pregnant that Monday, I was going to target. Don't remember what for. And I actually bought these smart, sweet gummies in the line, you know, where there's like candy right where you're checking out. And I never, I, I don't, I probably haven't done that since I was like 16 or like gum in college or something. And I actually ate the whole thing. I mean, it was like a one serving size, but I ate it on my way home. And I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And then, um, the Tuesday, the day I tasted the wine, I had a bunch of jelly beans. And so once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, Jeff, I need gummy. Like I, I was really in tune with like, oh, I have been craving sugar. I immediately thought it was a girl because you hear that, um, you crave sweets with a girl. However, my friend Jordan had a boy and she said she craved candy a lot. So the, that weekend we went to the boat. Um, we told Jeff's mom and he and I ate so many gummies on the way down. And to this day, he still buys me gummies because I still eat them and like them. But about, so that was week, would have been week four and a half. And then like week five to six is when I would have cr sweet cravings, like maybe once or twice a week. Like you probably remember this, but I posted like a Dairy Queen, like frozen cup or like soft serve ice cream one night. And I was like, this is what I want for dinner. <laughs> It's like as if that wasn't a big hint that I was pregnant. Um, 
mostly I just wanted like bread. I wanted bread and crackers. So we went out of sugar into bread and crackers. And then I was home in New Hampshire and Jeff eats so well that we ate like a pretty balanced diet. I just, um, I think I asked for macaroni one night, but I can't really remember. I get to Indiana and all I want is liquid cheese. So this is like that week, maybe like that week six, seven, or five, six, or it could have been eight, nine. I don't know. All I know is, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, I, oh, the week before I got to Indy, I was eating corn tortillas with shredded cheese on them, melted in the microwave, like mini quesadillas, basically, bland quesadillas, like, like pretty much every hour. <laughs> and then I get to Indiana and my mom and I had a bunch of good meals. I feel like between having like my stepmom's lasagna one night to making our own pizzas to going to my favorite pizza place, all these amazing restaurants in Indy, much better scene than Bow, New Hampshire. Um, one night we were like, what should we do? Because I was going to back and forth for like eight day periods. And I got this weird download of like, I really want Qdoba, like nacho cheese. And out of nowhere, my mom's like, do you guys want Qdoba? I was like, yes. So she got me this giant thing of queso, which if you guys are friends of mine um, that have known me since college, or maybe you even sort of knew me in college, but didn't live with me. I basically started doing paleo before paleo was cool and I was like reading about it and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like they say no cheese, no dairy. I don't even really like skim milk that much anyway and I don't even really love cheese so I can do this. Like I just stopped buying like random cheese because I think in college I would buy it because I witnessed my mom would always buy cheese when she went to the grocery so I just did it and then I would never eat it. So I switched to almond milk for my coffee and then I was like, oh, like I really don't need cheese. So my lifestyle with cheese is every once in a while I'd make gluten-free macaroni. And then um, if I'd had a long day of snowboarding and I was having wine, I would have some like really fancy cheese, like hard cheeses. Um, but that was about it, honestly. Like even when I'd make tacos or eggs, it was always avocado over cheese. Same thing with salads, like no cheese unless there was no avocado or nuts. So it was like... The only time I had a lot of cheese would be like if I did a pizza night. So there, that's my my past um, ten years. Um, so I eat this whole thing of nacho cheese, and I'm like, oh gosh, that was so good. <laughs> like no guilt, no remorse, just like, oh my gosh, I loved that. So the next day, I got to get a facial, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast with Jeff. But after the facial. I drove myself to talk or to uh, Chipotle because now they have queso, and got myself a cauliflower chicken rice bowl with my own thing of queso. And I was like, "This might be a pregnancy low. Like, I need my queso. I need my liquid cheese." And then Jeff started buying me this like Walmart brand of gluten-free macaroni that comes with like a liquid cheese and growing up I was a craft kid that's like that powder cheese and I used to think the liquid cheese was so gross and so fake but in this pregnancy it's like that's all I want and so the more cheese I ate <laughs> the more I was like maybe it's a boy because I'm craving so many savory things so from week probably let's call it seven just since my memory is bad at this point seven to like 11 it was like how much macaroni can I eat like one night I made plain pasta and I just put butter and cheese, like shredded cheese and melted it in the microwave. Like just wanting pasta and cheese um, and corn chips and cheese all the time. 
And then, and I think I mentioned this the day I announced I was pregnant, but, um, I swear that I probably ate 3000 calories someday. And for a while I wasn't gaining weight. I was like clocking in at like 130 to 131 pounds, which if you guys know me, you're like, what? Like it's so, I have so much muscle in my body. Like before I lifted, I was always like 117 to 123, like five pound range. Um, And then once I started bodybuilding and lifting, like I can still wear all of my zeros and twos and whatever because I'm a kind of a small person from college, but my weight is, is yeah, like 130 to 131 pounds, which anyway, that's a side note, but a lot of my clients find that interesting. So I was like, oh wow, I'm eating like 3000 calories a day. I feel softer and sometimes bloated, but, um, my weight's not going up. And I was like, maybe I'm just like losing a little bit of muscle because I'm not lifting, but whatever. And then now as I'm recording this, I am about to be crap. Oh yeah. I'm about to be 15 pounds or 15 weeks. I keep forgetting. Like the teens are tripping me up now. As soon as I hit 13, then I thought I was 14. Anyway, I will be 15 weeks this Sunday. I'm recording on a Friday and I, um, have clocked in as high as 138, but not in the morning. My highest morning weigh in was 136, but even that wasn't technically true because I had gotten up and had coffee and water, used the bathroom and then more water, coffee, and then weighed in. So I'll have to do one and update you again. Um, but that's also at week 14 going on 15. Um, so I guess you could say that I had my appointment at, at 12 weeks and that day I had like these heavy leather boots on, keys in my pocket, jeans on, um, I had just eaten donuts, uh, that morning, Starbucks and sweet green with double chicken. And I weighed in at 140 <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I probably weigh like 137 right now. And with all these clothes on, this is it. But so technically, technically 140 is my highest weigh in, which would put me at 10 pounds gained by 12 weeks. But I don't think that's legit. I think it was more like, um, and here's the other thing. I, I don't want to like put anything on weight. Cause I'm like, look, if I gain 25 pounds and have a healthy baby, that's awesome. I don't really care. I just find it interesting because I talk to people about this stuff all the time for my living. Um, and one of the interesting things was, um, I don't know if I got food poisoning or what, but I felt really dehydrated a couple Fridays ago and I had had a lot of bowel movements and then I woke up, um, ate a little breakfast, probably a bagel. We haven't moved on to that phase yet, but, um, I went for a run. I came back, um, realized I hadn't weighed myself and I was about to shower. So I was like, Oh, I'll get on the scale. And at, uh, 14 weeks, I was 133 pounds. So I was like, maybe I've really only gained two pounds, but I will say that my measurements, my waist has gone up two and a half inches. My hips have gone about an inch and a half wider. And then the the line right underneath, like my boobs are huge. Like that's like just evident. But um, the line right where like your bra line hits you underneath your boobs, mine has stayed exactly the same. Um, but my lower rib cage seems to have expanded like lower than that. So anyway, that's my whole bit on all the calories eaten in the macaroni and cheese phase and then the liquid cheese phase in general. And then somewhere along the lines, I just um, got a little bit sick of macaroni. And as I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of good. But about week 11, I was like, ugh, I just, I, I don't need that anymore. Um, 
So I want to say, I mean, I've had it probably once since then, but about week 11, I started feeling better. It was probably week 10 when I bought bagels and then end of week 11, week 12, week 13, and then this week, week 14, I had probably gone through three packages of bagels, the Udi's bagels. So good. And I'm just like loving the bagels. And it's not that I don't want protein. Like first trimester, you usually just can't even look at chicken. I could still eat it, but I wanted like crackers and the macaroni instead. I'm just at a point right now where, um, oh, sorry, in the cheese phase, there was also pizza. But anyway, I have been eating a lot of bagels and wanting like pumpkin bread and a little bit more sweet stuff too. So I don't know what that's all about, but for the most part, as long as I get a bagel in or a cookie in (laughs) every day, I feel pretty good. It's like my breakfast can be normal. I, I Instagram this, but throughout all of this, the one quote unquote healthy thing that I've stayed really consistent with are three eggs with a little bit less than half of an avocado, a sprinkle of white cheddar cheese on corn tortillas. So I have like two breakfast tacos almost every day. And that's been lovely. Uh, Shifting into the 11th week too, I started doing protein shakes again, which felt so good because it was still pretty hot out in September and having banana, peanut butter, I do PB2, um, cinnamon, spinach, vanilla protein powder. I put one date in to make it a little sweeter. was just amazing. So um, I ran out of protein powder, but I just got some in today and I'm so excited because Jeff bought me flaxseed and chia seed and hemp seed so I can start to add those into for just more nutrients and fiber. So we're, we're getting there. Like, as I sit here at 14 weeks, like I'm still into bagels, but I'm also able to have protein shakes, eat regular meals. I'm looking for more nutrient dense foods now, like broccoli and kale and stuff. Jeff and I are pretty conscientious about that stuff. So it's not like I didn't eat any of it. And especially if I went to a restaurant, I would eat a lot of veggies. But when it came to like preparing it for myself, a lot of times I would just feel like, meh, I don't, I don't think so. I would rather just have like eggs or chicken or a bagel. Um, So I guess if anyone out there is thinking about getting pregnant or um, is in that first trimester, I would just say give yourself so much space to just listen to your body because um, it, it knows what you need. Like I was like, oh, I must need calcium because I'm not having a lot of cheese. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, I'm also not craving vegetables that could give me some calcium. And I don't drink milk or eat cheese regularly. And my body's like, dude, we need to get the calcium. Like (laughs) give us, give us what we want. So, um, I would just say, give yourself the time and the space to really hear yourself and don't force yourself to eat something you don't want because eventually you're going to still want the other thing or be miserable without it. Uh, and this is not to say that food is a reward, but, um, what did my mom, how did my mom say it? She's like, that was, you were doing that out of pure survival. Like Jeff, again, God love him, but annoys me sometimes because he just doesn't totally get it. He's like, you've really been using this pregnancy thing to eat whatever you want. I'm like, Jeff, do you think it's fun to like eat two bowls of macaroni and feel so full, but like still kind of hungry, like, and to crave something that you know is bad for you and you wouldn't normally do at least not five days in a row. Like, it's not fun because it goes against what we've kind of trained ourselves. If you are like a quote unquote healthy eater or you're health conscious or you've done like any macros based living before, or even if you're just an intuitive eater and you do eat a balanced diet, it trips you up if you're all of a sudden like 
craving things that you're like, but that's really not good for me, but I need it. (laughs) Um, So I would just say give yourself space to eat what is sounding good. Your body's smart. Your body's intelligent. Um, give yourself space to lay down. I wrote, I actually, I'll share this again in case it is helpful. Well, I know it will be helpful for someone. So I'm going to say that. Um, I just don't know who, um, things I wish I'd known and believed before getting pregnant. So I wrote this August 12th, which means I was probably about six and a half, seven weeks pregnant. I said, it's okay to get in bed at five o'clock and then watch Netflix until bedtime. And that was pretty much my life in Indiana because I don't have a ton of friends around. My work days are usually more calls and work in the morning. And I just would be so spent that I was like, okay. And by the way, one thing I haven't mentioned yet, but it's just worth noting, uh, pregnancy brain is so real. Um, Up for me, it lasted until about week seven where you just, I would go to call Jeff and not remember why I called him. Or go to report, record a podcast and be like, what am I recording? I don't even know. Um, really forgetful. Really forgetful and spacey. Um, I also wrote, it's okay to have the jelly beans. Just try to have protein and fat with them. And that's me talking to myself because um, there were days where I'd have a lot of those gummies. And then you feel kind of funny after, right? Because it's like a blood sugar spike. Um, you're going to feel like you're hung over some mornings. And sometimes those hangover feels last all day, which is so true. I actually, again, this is a pregnancy brain thing. There were probably three mornings. Um, I was in Indiana for all of them that I woke up, got to my computer and had that kind of hangover type headache where your head's throbbing and you feel nauseous. And I literally thought to myself, oh, you shouldn't have drank last night, but I didn't. (laughs) It was just like so similar to my hangover experiences that I was like, and it was, you know, I'm tired, half, half awake, groggy. So that was crazy. Um, I said, you can actually be nauseous when you're hungry. And then immediately after eating, when you're full, you can also feel nauseous. So I thought that was like, I hated that. There was one day we went to Jeff's parents and it was kind of like a delayed brunch. I was like starving and I knew the food was going to be awesome. So I tried not to have more than like a RX bar that morning and I'm starving. So I'm getting really nauseous. And then I get there, I eat like two servings of this like egg zucchini scramble and, um, a chicken leg or something. (laughs) And then I like, so I ate two servings of it, maybe three. And then I'm sitting there like feeling the feeling of fullness and like, oh my God, I'm nauseous. So that was a bummer. Cause I'm like, the food didn't help. Um, I said, your amazing partner will need time to comprehend the immensity of what you're going through or whatever your support system looks like. Um, it's hard, I think, for people when they it isn't their body to understand what it is. Um, but just communicate. The more I tell Jeff, the more he understands and the more supportive he is. Um, the other thing is you might actually lose weight at first. So my thing there is like, I think I was probably closer to 131 maybe when I came back from the ranch and then I didn't work out and I was eating still a ton and I weighed in at like 130. I'm like, that's so weird. Like, what's up with that? Um, I don't know. Uh, I said, yeah, right. You're going to work out daily. So we've shared, we've already talked about that. Mood swings happen for sure. But I kind of had a couple like anger outbursts with Jeff and I can't even remember what they were about, but just like getting really annoyed with him and upset, like, you know, when they say two-year-olds have tantrums because they can't express their emotions. Similarly, I just, I feel like I must have been feeling something that I couldn't quite articulate and then got mad about something probably unimportant. I said, then I said, sometimes you feel like you look exactly the same. And then sometimes you feel like you gain a freshman 15 pounds of flab. Um, 
And then I said, your nails will grow like never before. Uh, that was my case. Um, I don't know if that's the case for everybody. All of this is my case, obviously. I just wanted to share my journey because I think that's how we support each other. And, um, and it's also how we remember the experience with ourselves. So this is a whole new world for me. Um, I know I'll probably summarize this in a second trimester one, but right now I'm like craving Indian food. I got it last weekend. Um, and then I bought Trader Joe's. Um, they have like lower calorie um, frozen Indian food meals, like chicken tiki masala, uh, like a spinach paneer uh, dish, butter chicken. So anyway, I've been eating a lot of Indian. And um, my biggest frustration right now is that um, my hips have always been crooked from cheerleading, pole vaulting, um, powerlifting, all of that, lifting, lifting, lifting. And when I lift and then I run and the pelvis is tilted, it kind of like continues to put it there. And so I've kind of learned how to work around it. But my day to day, like in the morning when I get up, it pulls on my back. And when your hips are expanding and your body's changing, it makes everything worse. So I've been seeing a chiropractor. She was like, your pubic bone's tilted, your hips are tilted. And I've been getting some work done, but I'm trying to find, and I just booked two appointments, one with a physical therapist and one with a um, masseuse here to get just really deep work done in my glutes. Every time I try to do the pigeon pose, even if I, I've been doing, oh, I've been doing a lot of yin yoga, which is literally just stretching and holding. And if anybody wants to take a very serious stillness challenge on do yin yoga, it is all an art of stillness. Like just sitting in the position for three minutes, even when it's painful and like sticky and ugh, emotions and memories come up. It's nuts. I love it. Um, but even if I do like an hour long yin yoga class and then I try to do pigeon pose, like I can't because I'm so locked up in my glutes. So I'm trying to work on releasing through there and my hip flexors and supporting the soft tissue around there. That's kind of my new that's my new work in progress thing I'm, I'm kind of focusing on. And then for kicks and giggles, I tried on my old bodybuilding <laughs> bathing suits. I found it in a bag from like stuff we haven't still unpacked from our move. And it was interesting. Uh, it fit, but it was, yeah, it was interesting. I don't think I'll ever share those pictures, but it was, I, we have a skinny mirror in our gym. At least I think it's a skinny mirror. And, um, so one of the pictures I could kind of still flex and see my abs, but then up close, it's like my waist is so wide and I've got cellulite on my stomach and I'm like, all right, here we go. Pregnancy, we're in it. So just embrace, you know, what you can. And, um, I think if anyone listening is, you know, in their first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, like, please reach out. Like, tell me what your experience has been like. I'm totally open to talking about it. Um, well, clearly I'm sharing mine, but, um, yeah, I, I want to just be in a community in a space where we share to support, not critique or comment or coach. It's just like, Hey, this is my experience. And from what I gather so far, just with the stories from women I know who have had kids, it truly is not only so different for every woman, but for every woman's, like each pregnancy she has, because um, yeah, every pregnancy is different. So I am just kind of observing it all, being in it, soaking it up, and um, trying to kind of mourn and grieve my maiden phase of my life, which is 
you know, it's like mother, maiden. Let me Google this real quick. I know I'm going to, I'm going to say it wrong. Maiden, mother, oh, crone. Maiden, mother, crone is sort of a, it's like the female archetypes that it's the triple goddess symbol. These three figures are often described as a maiden, mother, and crone. Each of which symbolizes a separate stage in the female life cycle in the phase of the moon. Um, so maiden is obviously until you become a mother. And I look at my twenties and my body and I just wish I appreciated it so much more then, but I'm like, Oh my God, I was so tiny and I was so strong and I was sexy. And so I've really been like sitting with like old pictures and videos and really like soaking that version of Garrett up because she was cute and fun. And it doesn't mean that as a mom, I can't be fit or fun or sexy. It's just a different phase because once you're a mom, you're never not a mom. It's a different phase of your life. And um, one of my teachers talks about how it's all divine feminine and it's all powerful and it's all beautiful and creative. They're just different. And um, learning to appreciate um, the different phases is really important to me because I don't want to... I don't want to neglect the mother phase because I miss the maiden phase. So while I'm pregnant, I'm really just reflecting on my maiden phase and appreciating her and like loving it, but like bracing myself for the new phase and how lucky am I to be there and um, soaking that up. So let me know if you have questions about mother, maiden, crone um, cycles or phases. And if this episode was helpful or interesting to you, um, again, it... I'm recording it, what is it, October 2nd of 2020. Somebody listening might find this in 2022, and that's awesome. Somebody um, emailed me from Paris yesterday about um, this free uh, PDF that I give out that goes with a blog I wrote, which was 10 Steps to Nail a Freestanding Handstand. And I have all these video tutorials in the blog, um, and then at the end it's like, email me if you want the free training guide. And someone from Paris was like, hey, like, can you send that to me? And it's funny because I made that at the end of 2014 or maybe January 2015. And here we are in 2020. I'm like, yeah, sure. Here's the training program. (laughs) So I know this content will live on um, and maybe even for my kids someday. So anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. Stay tuned for some awesome interviews coming up. And without further ado, I will leave you with my favorite sentiment, which is dare to move. Oh,